One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. In this episode, I'm going to give you 15 simple but effective tips to improve your English faster. To be more specific, I'm going to tell you 15 things you need to stop doing if you really want to be fluent in English or any other language. None of these tips are going to be very attractive, but I'm sure you'll be able to identify with many of the things I'm going to say. And I promise that if you implement these tips in your life, you will become fluent in English faster than you ever imagined. And that's a promise I can make with absolute certainty, my friend. After almost three years of teaching English, I've seen the same, the same, <laughs> I've seen these same 15 things keep so many people from making progress and becoming fluent. So in order to help you save time and achieve your goals, I'm going to help you solve these 15 problems right now. If you'd like to read a transcript of the episode, you can visit lifeinenglish.net forward slash EP67. So, let's get into the show. So the first thing that you need to stop doing is stop trying to translate everything. Translating is something you should only do in the beginning of your English learning journey. Once you have some basic vocabulary and a general understanding of the language, you should be trying to think more in English and much less in your native language. When you're talking to someone, try to focus on the words you know and understand and see if you can get the main idea of what's being said before you start translating everything in your head. There are many times when we don't understand every single word a person is saying, but by simply focusing on the words you do understand, you might be able to get the idea and continue the conversation without any problems. Now you might be asking yourself, how do I think more in English? Well, it's really just like trying to lose weight or trying to gain muscle in the gym. The most important thing is your diet, right? And your diet, in this case, what I mean is the things that you eat every day, okay? Like, if you're not eating the right foods, 
you're not going to have the energy you need for a good workout in the gym. So in the context of learning a language, you need to be consuming the right material. Like the Life in English podcast, for example. And once you're consuming the right foods, or in this case the right materials, you need to create some kind of workout plan. Or study plan, right? But the difference between a workout plan for the gym and a study plan for English is that your body needs time to recover. You probably shouldn't do a heavy workout every day of the week because your body can't take that. It would be counterproductive, right? However, with English, you need to practice or work out every day. When you go to the gym, it might be really hard at first. It might even be hard for the first month. But after a while, you go to the gym and you realize that you can lift more weight. You can run on the treadmill for longer. You start to see an improvement and that motivates you to keep going. The same is true for learning a language. It can be extremely difficult in the beginning, but if you're doing it every single day, using the right methods, there's no way you're not going to improve, right? And month after month, it will start to get easier and easier. So there's no secret for thinking in English. You just have to do it and keep doing it. And one day, it'll become natural to you. I know that's not an attractive answer, but it's the truth. So find a way to involve English in your daily life. Start narrating your day. Right? I'm walking to the bathroom. My sister is cleaning the kitchen. My grandpa is watching soccer on TV. These simple or seemingly simple sentences will eventually lead to more complex sentences. But you got to crawl before you walk. And you got to walk before you run. So start with the basics and just don't stop. The second thing on the list, the second thing you need to do is stop being so afraid to make mistakes. Whenever we learn something new, in this case, a foreign language, we're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. So stop thinking about how someone is going to react when you make a mistake. That's only going to slow you down and make it harder for you to learn more. And the only way, you know, to learn is by practicing. So how are you going to learn if you're too afraid to practice, right? So at this point, you might be asking yourself, well, that's nice, but how do I get over this fear? Well, the only effective way to conquer your fear is to confront your fear so if you're afraid of speaking to people because you know you're going to make mistakes then the only thing you should be doing is speaking to people and making mistakes you'll see that you know it's not the end of the world right and it's actually the only way you're going to stop making the mistakes it's impossible for someone to correct your mistake if they don't know you're making the mistake right so find someone Who's willing to correct your mistakes and make as many mistakes as possible. By simply correcting the mistakes you always make, you'll have so much more confidence to speak with anyone. Because that's where confidence comes from. Knowing that you have the ability to complete a particular task. And you can't have that confidence if you never learn how to complete the task. And you can't learn if you don't make the mistakes. That's just the way it is, my friend. So, number three on the list. Stop 
deconstructively criticizing yourself. Having a negative attitude about your English skills does not help you at all. Not a little bit, zero, not a nothing, my friend. And maybe you find yourself saying things like, why am I always making mistakes? I'm so stupid. I'll never be fluent in English, man. I never know what to say. It's so difficult to speak English. <laughs> Listen, my friend, you must stop saying things like these. All right. Got to stop talking like that. Try to maintain a positive attitude and appreciate where you are now in your English learning process. If you just continue practicing and trying to improve with the right methods, one day soon you'll be able to look back and see how much progress you've made. And there's no better feeling than that. You might even laugh at the silly mistakes that you used to make. So I know it might sound a little cliche, but keeping a positive attitude will help you achieve positive results. So you might be asking yourself, how do I criticize myself constructively and not deconstructively? Well, instead of just telling yourself what your problems are, why not take it a step further and come up with or create or invent a solution for the problem? If you find yourself saying, I don't have enough vocabulary to have a conversation in English, the next step is to ask yourself, how am I going to fix that? Because if you can't find an answer to that question, you will never have enough vocabulary to have a conversation in English, right? It's easy to identify problems. It's easy to complain. But the people who find success are the people who identify solutions and show gratitude. So stop being so hard on yourself. Simply sit down and solve one problem at a time. Because you don't have to do it all tomorrow. But you do need to start right now. So, number four. Stop letting your nervousness control you. All right? You've got to take advantage of every single opportunity to speak English that presents itself. In other words, you've got to speak English every chance you get. If you have an opportunity to speak English and you stop to ask yourself if you should speak or not, you've already lost the opportunity. You're going to end up convincing yourself that it's not a good idea. But just remember that you know a lot more than you think you do. I'm quote unquote fluent in Spanish and Portuguese. And there are still times when I get a little nervous before I speak to somebody I don't know in a foreign language. And sometimes even if my native language. But there's, you know, the secret, let's say, quote unquote, the secret is to simply make the decision to not let that nervousness control you. It's okay to be nervous. But if you don't want to be nervous forever, you need to start stepping outside your comfort zone. So we can't control our feelings or our emotions, right? We can't control the things that we feel. We can't really decide if we're going to get nervous or not, right? That's not the issue. Because what we can control is how we decide to respond to the feelings and emotions, right? So if I can do it, you can definitely do it.
I'm sitting here talking to you today, which means you will not die if you step outside your comfort zone and speak a little English, my friend. You will be okay. I promise. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, just like everything else in life, my friend. So now you might be thinking, okay, that's great, but do you have any tips, any steps I can take to step outside of my comfort zone? Well, at this point, I'm going to start sounding like a broken record player, but the answer really is always the same. If you want to step outside your comfort zone, what you got to do is find that line between comfort and discomfort. Okay? You're on the side of comfort. And what you do is you go stand right next to that line in between the comfort and discomfort. Okay? And what you do is you take one foot and you put it on the side of discomfort. Okay? You with me? Then you take the other foot and you put it on the side of discomfort. Congratulations, my friend. You are now outside of your comfort zone. Just fucking do it! Just fucking do it, man. Alright? There's no secrets. There's no game plans or strategies. You just fucking do it. Alright? Stop looking for some secret golden key or whatever it is. Just fucking do it. You want to step outside of your comfort zone? Just do it. Alright? Number five. Stop taking it personal if someone doesn't understand you. Sometimes it doesn't matter how well you speak English. There will be times when somebody simply can't understand you. It could be because of your accent, your dialect, how fast or slow you speak. It could be anything. English is English. All right. It doesn't matter if you're in the United States, England, Australia, Scotland, South Africa, Ireland, New Zealand. Doesn't matter. However... There are generally many different ways to say the same thing in English. I might say things one way, you might say them another way. So naturally, there will be moments of confusion. But who cares? If you stop to think about it for a second, you probably agree with me when I say that it's impossible to understand everyone all the time, regardless of which language you speak. Right? So get your ego in check. And stop taking it so personally when someone doesn't understand you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean that you're ruining a good conversation. It just means that you need to explain yourself better. That's it. You simply have an opportunity to find a new way to make yourself understood. Which means you have an opportunity to learn something new and grow. Alright? It's not the end of the world. So you might be asking yourself, how exactly should I react when someone doesn't understand me? If you can see that someone isn't understanding what you're trying to say, you have two options, right? Let them remain confused or find another way to make them understand. Look for other words, other phrases. Describe the idea of what you're trying to say in a different way. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then you definitely have access to a smartphone or a computer. And that means you have access to a translator. Now, there's no shame in using a translator, bro. I've been speaking Portuguese since 2015, and I still need a translator for certain words or phrases I've never used before or that I've simply forgotten. 
It happens all the time. It's no biggie. So just be humble and remember that if you really have something to say, then you should say it. And if someone doesn't understand it, don't simply give up. Just find another way to say it. All right? Cool. Number six, stop apologizing for your English level. Stop doing it, okay? Because you weren't born speaking English, right? So, of course, you're not going to know how to say everything exactly how you want to. Of course, you're going to have an accent. Of course, you're going to under, you're not, excuse me, you're not going to understand every single thing that every single person says all the time. So, stop apologizing for that. Why would you apologize for learning? (laughs) Does that make sense to you? It makes no sense to me. When a foreigner is speaking your native language and makes some type of grammatical mistake or says something strange, you probably don't sit there waiting for the person to say sorry. Do you? You probably don't take it too seriously. You probably understand exactly what the person is trying to say. And if not, you ask the person to explain themselves. Hopefully. You see that the person is trying to speak your native language, and you appreciate that, right? Well, I think it's the same with English. If you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. And, of course, there will always be, you know, there will always be assholes. There will always be pieces of shit and sons of bitches and all of that. These types of people that try to make you feel bad for being a foreigner or for having an accent or just not speaking perfectly. But fuck those people. Who cares what they think? Just remember that there's not a single human being alive today that was born fluent in any language. And learning comes before knowing, right? That goes for everybody. So you might be asking yourself, what should I do instead of apologizing, right? Now, if you're one of those people that just feels compelled to be polite in every situation, then maybe... You could simply make it clear that English isn't your first language and that you'd like your listener to be patient with you, right? No apologies, just communication. Think about it this way. If you were walking on the street and there was a young man in front of you walking slower than a turtle, you might get irritated and tell him to walk faster or at least move out the way, right? But if he told you, that he has an artificial leg and he just had surgery last week, you'd probably think twice before being rude and telling them to get the fuck out the way, right? You'd probably be a little more compassionate. Now, I'm not saying tell everyone you're a foreigner just so they feel sorry for you, because I don't think that's a good thing. I'm just saying if you really feel the need to say something about your English level, just communicate the fact that you are, in fact, still learning, and for that reason, you might not understand everything being said. Right. I mean, what else could you do that would make sense? All right. Number seven. Stop thinking that English classes are the only solution to your problem. Taking English classes or even some type of English course is a great idea. I really think so, because you have a dedicated teacher to help you with your doubts and your questions or you have a complete resource with lots of useful information, right? But one thing you need to understand is that this is not the only thing you need to become fluent in English. If you don't involve English in your daily life, if you don't live your life in English, eh? You see what I did? Yeah? Yeah? 
you're inevitably going to limit your progress. Do you remember how you learned your native language? You simply listen to it every day. Your parents, cousins, brothers, grandparents, friends, and teachers, they all spoke the same language all the time, right? And eventually, you started imitating the things that you heard. Then the words started making sense to you. Then you started understanding how to use the words in your own way. Now you speak this language every day without even thinking about it. So why would the process be any different for learning another language? If you're speaking it every day with someone who will be there to help you improve, there's no way you're not going to get better. But the key words there are every day. It's the only way, my friend. So you might be asking yourself, how can I involve English in my daily life? Well, like I said before, narrating your life is a really good way to make sure you're practicing every day. So simple things like, I'm cooking chicken this afternoon because I don't like pork. A simple phrase like that will train your brain to produce thoughts in English. Okay? It's kind of like muscle memory. Okay? You know why Kobe Bryant scored so many points in so many games during his career? Because he would spend hours and hours in the gym practicing everything he wanted to do in the real game. So when it was game day, all the movements, passes, shots, and distances, etc., they were all natural to him. It was like breathing air. You know what I'm saying? It's like something you do all day, every day, and you don't even think about it. So if you want to involve English in your daily life, you just have to make an effort to create that muscle memory. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you do. All right. Number eight. We're halfway there, folks. Number eight. Stop giving up on your English studies. I think this one, you know, explains itself. How can you learn more English if you keep quitting? Right? Every time you decide, and it is a decision that you make, every time you decide to stop making an effort to study and practice English, you're making the process longer and longer. You're putting yourself even further away from where you really want to be, which is in the winner's circle, right? You want to be fluent and comfortable expressing yourself in a foreign language, right? Then you got to stop giving up. So, you might be asking yourself, How do I stay motivated when learning English? This is actually the subject of the next episode, so I won't answer this question now, but very soon I'll tell you everything you need to know about staying motivated when learning English. All right? Cool. So, number nine, stop expecting someone else to learn English for you. Now, let me describe a situation and let's see if you can identify with this situation. There's an English learner. Let's call him James. James has been trying to learn English for two years, but he simply can't get to an intermediate or advanced level because he has no one to practice with. James is always complaining about how difficult it is to find a language exchange partner, and, you know, he's always having the same boring conversations with everyone he talks to. The problem that James doesn't recognize is that in a situation in which James talks to 50 different people and all the conversations suck, the only thing that the 50 conversations have in common 
is James. So what does that mean? Well, maybe it means that there's a possibility that James fucking sucks at making conversation. Just maybe. Because I've lost count of how many people have started a conversation with me and all they had to say was, Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Now, I know it's difficult. It's very difficult to make conversation in a foreign language when you don't know many words or phrases. But in many cases, people know plenty of words and phrases and they simply suck at making conversation in any language, even their native language. Now, I know there are some people who simply are not interesting or don't know how to make conversation or are simply not interested in you. That's totally fine. There's nothing we can do about that. But one thing we can do is focus more on the art of conversation. Focusing on understanding the art of conversation is what helped me to become fluent in two foreign languages. I never studied too much or took any classes. I just talked to people. A lot. I realized that the best way to improve my skills was by practicing. And I needed other people to practice. And since I was terrible at making conversation, I knew I had to improve that skill if I wanted to be successful. So the next time you start a conversation with a potential language partner, remember that it's important to be interested in who that person actually is, what they're passionate about, what their culture is about, you know? It's also important to learn how to express yourself. Because how can somebody get to know you if you don't express yourself? And how can you find yourself interesting if you don't even know yourself? Anyway, my point is that understanding a bit of psychology in the art of conversation will help you have much better conversations in the future. Now, it's not the most conventional tip for English learners because it really has nothing to do with English. But I can say that these two things helped me immensely. Right? They helped me a great deal. They helped me a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. So stop expecting somebody else to learn the language for you. You have to make the effort. Right? You know that practicing with real people is the way to do it. So you have to learn how to talk to real people and make conversation. Nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody's going to make conversation for you. You got to do that. You got to do that yourself. All right? Cool. Number 10. We're almost there. Number 10. Stop comparing yourself to other English speakers. All right. Just remember that your current English level really doesn't matter too much. If you're trying to learn and improve every day, that's really all that matters. You should be proud of the fact that you've managed to learn and use a foreign language, even if it's just a little bit. Because all of us learn in different ways. And some people, you know, some people learn certain things faster than other people. Right. It's normal. So if someone manages to learn English faster than you or speak, quote unquote, better than you, you can tell him or her congratulations and then get back to focusing on your learning process. Because someone else's success is not the same thing as your failure, right? You have no idea what that person had to do in order to become such a great English speaker. You have no idea how many hours they practiced how many people they tried to talk to, how long it took them to become fluent. All you see is the end result. So the only person you can really compare yourself to is yourself. So if you speak English better this month, 
than you did last month, that's success. If you can understand native speakers better this year than you did last year, congratulations. That's success. Comparing yourself to other people is just a recipe for disaster, man. And you really, you know, you're only preparing yourself to be miserable. And you don't want to be miserable, do you? I don't think so. So, number 11. Stop studying English the same way you study other subjects. Now, studying with books and memorizing grammar rule, memorizing? <laughs> memorizing grammar rules hmm, could seem like a normal thing to do when learning a new language. But how many people spend months or years studying grammar and still can't have a conversation or even put together a simple sentence in English? English isn't like mathematics because one plus one will always be two. So it makes sense to study that equation until you memorize it, right? But in a spoken language, things change all the time. And there are many different ways to say the same thing. So exposing yourself to the spoken language is the only way to understand it. There aren't a list of phrases or words that you can simply memorize. You need to use them in order for them to become real and have some type of meaning to you, you know? Now, I'm not saying that studying grammar is not important. I'm not saying that books can't be effective. I'm just saying that you should put a lot more effort into studying and understanding spoken English. Speaking with real people and real life situations will always be the best way to improve your skills. Number 12. Number 12. <clears throat> Stop focusing on just one aspect of the language. For example, just grammar or just vocabulary or just pronunciation or just slang. You know what I'm saying? Spoken English should not be the only thing you focus on, although I do believe it's the most important. That doesn't mean that you should neglect the other aspects of the language, you know. If you've been learning English for a while now, I'm sure you've noticed how important it is to be able to read in English. Because many times we write the words, or I said that wrong, many times the way we write the words and the way we pronounce the words are completely different. And it's hard to know and understand that unless you're focusing both on written and spoken English. And if you're interested in tips on uh, writing in English and its benefits, you can check out episode number 48, How Writing Can Make You a Better Speaker. But anyway, let's move on to number 13. Number 13, stop studying more than you practice. Now, I know this is starting to sound a little contradictory, right? But you shouldn't spend too much time simply studying. Because all the information in the world is useless unless you apply it. So study. Study a lot. But remember that after you study, you need to put your new knowledge to the test. So find a language exchange partner or a dedicated English teacher and practice. Number 14, stop thinking about English like an annoying homework assignment. A lot of people give up on learning English simply because they see it like just another homework assignment. Just another thing that they have to do. 
But in my experience, the people that really learn something quickly and effectively are those people that really want to. Maybe you don't like English very much. Maybe it was never a dream of yours to become fluent in another language and you just need English for work or travel. In that case, you still need to find a way to make it more interesting for you. So instead of focusing on studying the technical side of the language so much, try to use something else that you're actually interested in as a way to study English. For example, let's say you love hair and makeup and other cosmetics and stuff like that. Why not learn everything you can about that uh, industry, but just consume English material? There got to be hundreds of thousands of YouTube videos, blog posts, podcasts, Instagram profiles dedicated to this subject, right? And I'm sure the majority of the people that produce that content speak English. So even though you're trying to learn something that isn't so interesting for you, you're doing it by focusing on something that is. And once you become an expert in talking about the cosmetic industry in English, you can start looking for other subjects and grow that way. In other words, start with something specific and then expand your knowledge after that. You see? Or maybe you're really into, I don't know, movies or series. Instead of just watching a Netflix series with the subtitles and all that type of stuff, why not go on YouTube and watch interviews with your favorite actors or something like that? Interviews generally aren't very long. It could be 2, 5, 10, 20 minutes or something like that. And after you watch the interview... Write down all the words you don't understand or new expressions or phrases or whatever. And then discuss the interview or the latest movie or series with your language partner or with your English teacher. You see? So the main focus isn't the language itself, but something that you're actually interested in. And you can use that as a focus point or a focal point. You see what I'm saying? So naturally you focus on one thing, but you're still learning the other. I'm sure that makes sense, right? Cool. And last but not least, my friends, number 15 on the list of things that you must stop doing if you want to improve your English fast, you need to stop ignoring the importance of culture. Because in my opinion, a language is nothing more than a large and structured group of words that we use to express ourselves and communicate with the people around us. However, the culture of a particular place, place, the fuck is going on today? The culture of a particular place can change how the language is used and understood. For example, the culture here in the United States is different from the culture in South Africa or Australia, right? I can understand people from these countries when they speak to me and they can understand me. But there are times when they say things that make absolutely no sense to me. And we both speak English, but I still don't understand what they're saying. Why? Different culture. Now, people in every culture have their own particular dialect and physical gestures, expressions, and ways of interacting with each other. At the end of the day, English is English, right? It's just a language, a set of words and rules that we use to communicate. It's a tool. But it's culture that dictates how we communicate with each other. And understanding culture will help you to use the tool of language more effectively. Alright? So, my friend, 
there are many things, many different things that you can do in order to improve your English. And I've just shared 15 of them. I hope that after listening to this podcast, you'll put these tips into practice and start improving your English faster than ever before. Focus on spoken language and culture, but don't forget to study a bit. If you do that, I'm sure you'll be fluent in no time. All right. That's it for this episode. So if you've made it to the end, I'd like to thank you for your time and your attention. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. All right. This is the Life in English podcast. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.